The Chargers have cast a wide net in their search for a new offensive coordinator, and one candidate has seemed to emerge as an early favorite. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for seven seasons now, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listening and make sure you never miss the show. Go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And today, David, feels like it's Christmas come early because we're talking about some of the offensive coordinator candidates for the Chargers, including, I think, the early favorite Zach Robinson. So we're going to talk about that and the Chargers casting a wide net. But how wide is it? Because we've really only seen it from one coaching tree so far. And we're also going to talk about is it better to have someone who's called plays like Joe Lombardi or better to go with a young mind? I mean, it's an exciting time to think about what some of these people can do with Justin Herbert. And maybe the Chargers, in some of these cases, are trying to get some intel from some of the best offensive minds throughout the NFL. So we're going to get into all of the different guys so far and a little bit of each of these guys and even who is the most confusing interview candidate so far. But today's episode of Lockdown Chargers is brought to you by our new friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. David, this is really exciting. I mean, I think it is when you can, you know, you don't get a head coaching search, obviously, and it was fun going through the candidates when we did that last. Now you get to search for a new offensive coordinator with a lot on the line. This is a huge hire for the Chargers when they end up making it, and they have cast a wide net so far. I mean, we've heard of five different people. They've at least attempted to interview one Wes Phillips, the Vikings offensive coordinator, has already said he's staying in Minnesota, so we don't have to worry about that. But Zach Robinson from the Rams, Greg Olson, another Rams guy, Gerard Johnson, a Vikings assistant QB coach, and Luke Steckoy, tight ends coach for the Titans. It's a wide net, but it seems to me early on the one that makes the most sense, has the most connections, is probably Zach Robinson. Yeah, Zach Robinson uh, under that McVay coaching tree, obviously very familiar with Brandon Staley. Uh, and, you know, that's very typical with Brandon Staley. He's all about the relationships. He wants to work with people uh, under offenses, under defenses that he trusts and that he knows. And so that means Zach Robinson being a very, very good candidate for the Chargers offensive coordinator position. He's definitely a young guy, right? A rising star, as you would put it, probably. And we'll talk later, too, just about you know how risky it is to try to look for the diamond in the rough, try to find the hidden gem, while also maybe excluding some of the experience that would normally come along with a position like this, especially one where it's a defensive head coach for the Chargers. So you're not getting that support, really, from your head coach in that way. And also in the situations where a lot of these guys haven't called plays before, and they're going to have to do that for the very first time, and Zach Robinson would be one of those guys. He was with Brandon Staley on the Rams staff in 2020, so I think that's an important part of it because over the last four years he's been with the Rams. Last year he was their passing game coordinator or passing game specialist and their quarterback's coach after being three seasons as either a wide receiver coach with Cooper Cup or an assistant quarterback's coach either helping Matthew Stafford in their Super Bowl run or even trying to get the most out of Jared Goff, which they obviously did. But Staley has already talked about the fact that it would be fair, you know, a fair assessment to think he's going to go after one of the Shanahan 
or McVay guys. And this kind of goes in that same direction. It's also a former quarterback. So I think he checks that off the list. And a few years ago, he was working as a senior analyst at Pro Football Focus. So take that as you will. I mean, I know we've talked a lot about Pro Football Focus. They do have some good stats. The grades are super arbitrary, obviously. But the one thing they do there is break down a lot of film so and use a lot of analytics and things like that. So I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think the hard thing is, is do you pounce on this now before you've even really got to interview? You know, they talked about having, you know, a wide net. But we also have heard from Albert Breer, an NFL reporter, that the Ravens have also requested to interview Zach Robinson. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they play it, David, because he does seem kind of like an up and coming mind. But at the same time, there's still other guys you have to interview. And there's a lot of head co- or offensive coordinator slash head coach op- uh, openings around the NFL. A lot of new head coaches means a lot of new offensive coordinators. And there's just already a few coordinators like Joe Lombardi that have been released. Yeah, and I mean, hey, you look at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens had the same offensive coordinator for like 20 years. Greg Roman has been there forever. So, you know, when you and also the Baltimore Ravens are a great organization. I mean, they have done a lot of winning in, in their, uh, you know, tenure in the NFL. And that's uh, obviously going to be a team that you want to kind of be in that same breath with. So if if you're interviewing that same guy, I think that bodes well. I don't know if I want to make any knee-jerk reactions right now, Daniel. Sure. I think it's important that the Chargers do their due diligence on all the candidates that can be available, that are available now, and that can be available because they have to really get this move right. Like Justin Herbert's moving into the prime of his career, and you want to make sure that you know when you're handing over the keys uh, to the Lamborghini that is Justin Herbert that you're giving it to the guy that can drive it the best. It's a, such a huge decision. And I mean, uh, just a clarification, Greg Roman since 2019 with the Ravens, but has been around the NFL and around them, you know, more than yeah, that. Sorry, as well. Yes. But also keep him away from Justin. Oh, Herbert, yeah, yeah. Please. I have seen no that interest. kind of no, served up there, but I no. think the biggest thing here, at least as far as why he's the favorite, like we know that Brian Steele likes the McVay offense, the misdirection, the play yep. action, being able to, you know, feature someone like Cooper Cup the way they have, the way they kind of turned Matthew Stafford around in a lot of ways and have kind of even made the most and had to work with someone like Jared Goff, right? And they've you've kind of seen all of that. And he's been a part of some of those teams as well. But we just know how important relationships are to Brandon Staley, right? And yeah. that, that's the biggest thing. And when you're looking at it, I mean, it's crazy, David, to think that four out of these five guys that we're hearing have some sort of tie to Sean McVay somehow. Zach Robinson with the Rams, Greg Olson with the Rams, Wes Phillips was with the Rams, and then now is the Vikings offensive coordinator, Gerard Johnson, never with, you know, Staley or McVay specifically, but is now under Kevin O'Connell, someone they tried to hire as their offensive coordinator the first time around before Joe Lombardi, right? And then you have Luke Steckel, the Titans tight end coach, which doesn't have any ties, but like, it's crazy that, you know, it is a wide net, David, but that's four people all coming at least from some derivative of the same tree. Right. And I mean, I know that's important to Brandon Staley to try to bring in somebody that you're familiar with, but, but also you don't want to get pigeonholed into that just frame of mind of thinking. You want to make sure that you're interviewing a bunch of different people from all different types of offenses across the league to try to see who marries up the best with your philosophies. I think that's incredibly important to do that. You don't want to just interview the guys that you know from that tree that you're very familiar with because that seems like a comfortable decision to make and this isn't always going to be a comfortable decision to make you have to get uncomfortable so that you can get all of the right answers to make this decision the best way you can because again it's extremely important 
It is. I mean, it, it's especially in Justin Herbert's situation, something that you want to be able to get a guy that you can build with, that can build with Justin Herbert, to grow yeah. with Justin Herbert. And it's always going to be a position that if you play well for the Chargers at that position, you're going to get all the credit. Or, you know, if you coach well at yeah. that position, you're going to get all the credit for Justin Herbert's success. And, like, that's not a bad person to link yourself up with, right? Not so, at all. like, there's always going to be a certain level of turnover if the Chargers offense is reaching its potential. And that's just going to be a thing. So, like, yes, this time it's by the Chargers' choice. They're getting rid of Joe Lombardi. But as far as, you know, having guys stick around Justin Herbert, that might be something he has to deal with his entire career. Because if you do good with him, at least as long as Brandon Steele is the coach, that person is going to be a hot commodity. I mean, we saw Joe Lombardi last season, a guy who just got fired, get interviewed for the Texans head coaching job. You know, yeah. how valid that was, you know, how interested they really were. We don't know. That was pretty much the only attention he got. But that was with an, an offense that, as we know, was a flawed, right? And didn't even necessarily use Justin Herbert to his full extent. But going to your point, I mean, patience is very key here. Maybe someone does swoop in on Zach Robinson before you get a chance to interview. But there's also a lot of guys who are still in the playoffs that the Chargers could want to interview, including one of the guys he talked about, Kyle Shanahan's team is still in the playoffs. So the Chargers haven't been able to interview any of those guys for their offensive coordinator position so far. And there's even other great teams. You know, the Bengals have some coaches to look at. The Eagles have some coaches you might want to look at. So we're going to talk about what the patience would be like or how important that is for the Chargers to wait and get all of these guys. And also talk about if the Chargers could be maybe overthinking things and trying to find too hard a diamond in the rough. Brandon Staley trying to find someone in his own image and maybe sacrificing some experience. And we're going to get into that. But first, I need to tell you guys about our new sponsor, FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. FanDuel has been a revelation. I love using FanDuel. I mean, it's, I'm just, you know, getting started with all the different things you can do. And one of the easiest things to do is to place your bets. I mean, that's one of the best things about it. It's super easy to use. The format, the layout is all super user-friendly and new customers, if they join today, can get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. When you place just your first $5 bet. All you have to do is sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to play your props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlay. That means you can do a parlay. You don't have to pick a bunch of different teams. You can pick different things happening in the same game. It really is a game changer. All on an app that's safe and secure and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, the official sports partner of the NFL. Let's talk a little bit about this Chargers head coach or offensive coordinator search a little bit more, David. This is something, like you said, it is huge when you have a defensive head coach and you just want the Chargers so desperately to get this right around Justin Herbert, to find someone who's going to be able to fully unlock all of the limitless athletic skills and even mental skills that this dude has and so far in three seasons it seems like that's been a little lacking right whether it's you know early on with Shane Steichen just getting his feet wet in the NFL before he's done the great things we've seen him do now with the Eagles or if you're talking about the most recently with Joe Lombardi who came from kind of an outdated offense at least to a certain extent but it's kind of a hard thing David because you want a new kind of young innovative mind around Justin Herbert, but 
you don't necessarily know if that's always going to be the same thing or the best thing because a lot of those coaches, the hot coordinators, hot you know quarterback coaches, all those guys get fired every season. Like everyone's always trying to poach the people that are around really good teams, and it's a checkered past of what that actually means and how successful those coaches will be. But the Chargers are skewing very, very young, and one of the things that maybe is a little concerning is. The Chargers trying too hard to find the next Brandon Staley as their offensive coordinator, right? Because it seemed like that's what he was saying in their press conference. Hey, experience doesn't always matter, right? It's more about your ideas. It's more about being innovative. It's more about other things. But is that overthinking it somewhat? Like, that doesn't seem a little concerning to me because you have guys that, you know, Johnson's 34, Robinson's 36, Steckel is 37. That's a very young group. It's a very young group, and they don't have any play-calling experience. So to answer your question, is that concerning? Absolutely it's concerning for me because, you know, I want a, a guy that at least understands how to set things up when they are calling an offense, how to, you know, really kind of associate patterns where they're making the run look like the pass so they can play off that later on. They understand the flow of the game. Just understanding how to call plays, I think, is so incredibly important. So I do feel like they need to bring in some guys that have a lot more experience actually calling plays so that they can have that perspective as well. I do think that's important. I think that's, you know, some part of it. But the thing is, is if you have called plays before, You've usually burned out somewhere, and we'll talk about that next because they do have a guy in Greg Olson, not that Greg Olson, a different Greg Olson, that has called plays extensively and has a ton of seasons as an offensive coordinator, Yeah, but that hasn't always worked out either. So we're going to talk about that, but I do think that part of this is you know finding that young, innovative guy and, and wanting to find the guy that's going to see things differently than everyone, like I think Brandon Staley kind of sees himself in that way, whether you agree or not, right? But at the same time, that is risky. Dudes like that flame out all the time. This is yeah. also, you know, depending on how you feel about Brandon Staley's job security, who knows how long this person will be here for if things go rocky in 2023. So I think that all is part of it, too. The other thing is, is the best teams, if you're trying to do that winning culture thing, if you're trying to kind of stick with what you did with players, what you've done with coaches in the past and coming from winning organizations, the winningest of the organizations in 2022 are still in the playoffs right now. Right. And yeah. you have teams with very. I think interesting candidates that could put their names in the ring for this, you know, offensive coordinator position for the chargers. And the, you know, the Bengals quarterback coach, Dan pitcher would be one of them. Eagles quarterback coach, Brian Johnson would be one of them. Those are two guys working with good quarterbacks who have obviously exploded this year and last year to a certain extent. And we know that Brandon Staley likes the you know, Shanahan guys from that tree. Bobby Sloak is the guy who's right now their passing game coordinator and their quarterbacks coach. So, like, there's a whole list of guys, David, the Chargers really haven't even had an, a chance to interview yet, even if they wanted to. And I think they definitely should. I, I think they should wait a little bit longer n until the, the Super Bowl is concluded so that they could really say that they are talking to all of the best candidates. And I do think it is important to talk to guys that are in winning organizations that, you know, I, I really I, I do think that that experience just being around uh, other greatness, uh, you know, other offensive greatness, that's important. And you want that information. You want all of that on your side. I mean, that's why all of the teams that are in the playoffs that go far, those coaches, they all get poached. They all get taken because you want to have some of that. You want to try to bottle that lightning up. So that's uh, definitely what the Chargers should do. They should wait until everybody is available to interview and talk to everyone. 
Maybe, right? I, I mean, I, you would think that would be how it goes, but year after year, you see teams who can't hold their water, and, and they yeah. start hiring coaches before they even get to interview all those guys. Like, that was the thing with Brian Dable a couple years ago, right? Yep. Teams were just hiring their head coaches before he was allowed to interview or before he could accept the job, at least, right? They would just jump on something else. That is a real concern that the Chargers, you know, could decide, hey, we don't want this specific guy, whoever walks in and blows them away to get away, right, and, and not wait to interview those other people. Shanahan is the only real tree that you would think that he, if he's sticking to that, would be going after. But I'd like to see him interview those other guys just because they're not part of that tree, right? Yeah, if you really exactly. are, you know, fully committed to finding the best thing out there, you have to open that up to all angles, and you have to yeah. open that up to all different coaching trees. And stuff like that. But I think as far as the playoffs go right now, people think teams don't always wait. And I just think there's no That's downside true. to interviewing all these people, right? You could wait no. too long and miss out on someone. That is the downside, right? You could miss out on someone you hired or interviewed earlier on. That's the downside. But if you're trying to cast a wide net, if you're trying to see, you know, see every angle from it, that would seemingly be the way to go. And it just seems like there would be an endless line of suitors who would want that job next to Justin Herbert. But yeah. The other reason there's no downside to it, David, is because the Chargers get free intel during this search from the best offenses or at least the schemes they respect the most throughout the league. I mean, if you're bringing in people and minds from some of the most successful systems in the NFL, whether it's the Vikings coming from the Sean McVay tree or the Rams, who, you know, made it to two Super Bowls and won one over the last four seasons and getting each of their, you know, plans for Justin Herbert. Maybe you're even stealing some of their ideas when they're coming and give you that pitch about Justin Herbert. And you're saying like, hey, maybe even if we don't keep this guy, let's file that one in the notebook here of things that we want to try to implement with Justin Herbert. So I, I think there's a lot of creativity and a lot of excitement you could just get even from that aspect of it. Well, it's, it's all about information, right? Knowledge is power. I mean, and, and I mean, honestly, I think the application of knowledge is power, but you gather that information from all of these different people from different, you know, offensive backgrounds so that you can kind of see how they see Justin Herbert and see how they would use Justin Herbert and kind of, you know, take their vision and try to put it into what you see for what Justin Herbert is capable of doing. So I do think that is incredibly important too, just to get that information, to try to get new ideas to see how you can improve. And also, you know, maybe some of those running concepts, right? You know, maybe some of those things that you really have been struggling with. I mean, the last yeah. couple of years, the Chargers rushing offenses have been one of the worst in the league. You know, despite the success that Austin Eckler has had scoring the football, the efficiency numbers and, and just the overall, you know, uh, rushing stats are not flattering. I mean, they just have not been very productive. And and I, I think that, that it has definitely taken away from what Justin Herbert is capable of doing with his arm. So I think that is important, too. And, and I know like San Francisco 49ers, their running game is, is crazy. It's very, very good. It's very yeah. exotic. It makes you really think and it really stretches what, you know, you think is capable, what is the, what you think is possible from the, you know, the running uh, situation there. So I think the Chargers should gather all that information. Um, and hey, why not? I mean, you're bringing guys in to talk to them, so you might as well try to get everything you can. When you're, it also has a lot to do with just the quarterbacks they're working with, too, right? And, and yeah. how those quarterbacks have progressed as well. Like, the reason you wait for the playoffs is you get to talk to the guy who's been talking to Joe Burrow. You get to talk to the guy who's been coaching up Jalen Hurts, yeah. right? With the Vikings, you're getting the guys who gave Kirk Cousins a career renaissance, basically, oh, for this sure. year with his by far best season. You're talking to Sean McVay, who got the most out of Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff in his coaching tree. So, like, I yeah. think 
those quarterbacks they're working with are really, really important too. But there still is the, hey, these guys are super young. You don't know how they're going to handle that position once they get there. The good news is the Chargers have also thrown in another candidate who has plenty of play calling experience and plenty of experience as an offensive coordinator. So we're going to talk about that coming up after this and also getting into a tight ends coach in the mix. Probably the most out of left field coaching candidate we've seen from the Chargers so far. The search for the Chargers offensive coordinator is on, and there's a lot of different guys that they could end up going with from a lot of different styles. But so far, we've seen somewhat of a narrow approach as far as which coaching tree those coaches are coming from. And it's very early on in the process, and there's nothing imminent that we've heard or anything, right? Like, there's no signs that this decision is going to be made soon. No. You want them to see all their options. But there was one that I think was a surprising to a lot of people, and it was Greg Olson. And I think the question with him becomes – do you want one of the young minds who has never called plays before and take the chance because you're getting a more innovative approach to it? You're getting something new. You're getting something fresh, maybe more creative. Or do you need someone there that has the coaching experience? That's why we talked about before with Frank Reich, right? Like somebody who's going to come in and be a stabilizing force next to Brandon Staley in more ways than just being an offensive coordinator, right? Bringing more value than just the offensive coordinator side of it. Well, Greg Olson has the experience, David, but also so did Joe Lombardi. So I think that's kind of, you know, the grass is kind of always greener situation. Yeah, 21 years in the NFL as a coach. I mean, he's been doing it for a very, very long time. Also, you know, one of the authors of one of the greatest offenses, you know, 2006, he had a 4,000-yard passer, a 1,500-yard rusher, and 2,000-yard receivers, um, you know, when they was still the St. Louis Rams. I mean, just an absolutely tremendous situation there. I mean, you could kind of take that and envision that um you know as the chargers offense but also remember that he was the offensive coordinator for the raiders for a, a few years as well so a lot of experience here with greg olson and and yeah i think that does beg the question do you want to bring somebody that that could maybe support brandon stale a little bit more with that experience or do you want that hot offensive mind it is you know part of the it has to be part of the equation. Like it, having that experience has to be part of it. You like that they're you know, interviewing someone that has as much experience because that's two offensive coordinator stints with the Raven or Raiders over the last 20 seasons, right? But he yeah. also has had three different stints as an offensive coordinator where it's lasted less than two years or two years or less. Yeah. So I think that plays a part of it. And he also, you know, has been an offensive coordinator for six different teams. If you include his time with the Lions when their offensive coordinator was fired. He stepped up and was the Lions offensive coordinator way back in the early 2000s. So this guy has been around a lot. He has, you know, 13 seasons as an offensive coordinator, 13 plus seasons as an offensive coordinator. But it doesn't get me super excited. Like, obviously, yeah, when I you go back to that. I mean, he he got the Rams thing didn't last probably as long as it should have, considering how good that offense was under him in the first season. Then the next season, he's let go. Right. So, yeah, I don't know what the issues are there specifically. But I think if you're looking for innovative, creative, you don't think of, okay, hey, what was Derek Carr running from 2018 to 2021, right? Because that was his offense under John Gruden, right? And John Gruden was calling the plays, so that's a little bit different. But at the same time, it's not like I looked at that offense and be like, that's groundbreaking stuff. So even with the experience, I I think with Frank Reich having the head coach experience, having me seeing him you know, develop quarterbacks and win with all kinds of quarterbacks, I think kind of trumps this guy 
in Greg Olson, to me, even though, you know, we don't even know if they're going to interview Frank Reich. Frank Reich could absolutely get a head coaching job or could just wait for a head coaching job next year because he's getting a lot of interest, right? So it, you're not going to necessarily get a, a prospect that clean or a candidate that clean. Yeah. But it is one of those things where it's like Joe Lombardi had experience as a play caller. Joe Lombardi had experience as an offensive coordinator. How much stock was put into that? Should they have put so much stock into that? Because if you've been offensive coordinator, but it came down crashing and burning, maybe that doesn't project well to what your next job is going to be, right? For, you know, Joe Lombardi, he had two offensive coordinator stints. One lasted less than two seasons with the Lions and with the Chargers, it lasted exactly two seasons, both times feeling like he underachieved it, right? So yeah. that is part of it too. You can want the experience, but a retread isn't always going to be the answer. And the retread is not going to be the right answer always at the very least. So that's what's kind of tough there. But obviously a very well-respected guy has some time with Sean McVay in 2021. That I don't think was the most confusing candidate I saw, though. I think that would be Luke Steckel, David, who I think just at first glance, people are wondering, okay, how is this tight ends coach kind of getting in the mix of taking over one of the most coveted OC jobs in the league? Yeah, this one was definitely out of left field, as they say. You know, one of those names that you never really heard of and didn't really understand how it translated to the Chargers or Brandon Staley's kind of tree that he wants to be searching in. But I think this is part of that diversity that you're looking for when you're trying to talk to different people. You want to get these different opinions. And yeah, Luke Steckel doesn't have a lot of experience. You know, he's the tight ends coach, offensive assistant, assistant wide receivers coach. At least he's you know worked with a lot of different elements of offense, but still not a guy that has a ton of experience actually calling plays. Although he is the son of the former Vikings offensive coordinator. Um, so at least his dad has some experience calling plays. Yeah, and off the uh, offense runs in the family. I mean, I think I, I'm not as worried about the tight end part of it, right? I, I think when you look at just kind of how the hierarchy of the NFL goes, that is just moving up the ladder, you know? Yeah. And, and he doesn't have a lot of experience as an offensive play caller, obviously, or a coordinator of any sort or anything like that, but he still has been in the NFL for a long time. I mean, he's no spring chicken. He was a Browns assistant from 2009 to 2012 over those four seasons and was with the Titans for 10 years since 2013. So that's a long time to be with one organization. I mean, in, you know, I guess 14 years of coaching, only being 37, he started very, very young. But it also doesn't seem like a rising star. But then you hear the Tom Pelissero report where this is how he's talking about it. Stike was a fascinating name. He's 37, a Princeton grad, highly intelligent and widely respected by players and peers. The next Ben Johnson question mark and Ben Johnson is the offensive coordinator for the Lions who took over for Anthony Lynn, who was fired last season and, you know, led the, the Lions to really one of the most exciting offenses in the NFL this season, kind of yeah, out of nowhere. passes to Panay Sewell and everything. Sure, but I, I think people could probably look too far into, you know, the tight ends part of it just because that is just part of the process. But as far as, you know, what is he going to bring to the game plan? Has he made offensive game plans? Because a lot of the time he's been in the NFL, he's been an offensive assistant. The one thing you don't yeah. know is how much of the game plan he's part of, how much of the play calling, you know, he's being talked to about or, you know, has input on. So that's kind of the hard thing. I mean, I think he's probably you know, down there towards the bottom of the guys they think will get the job right now. But he does come from a winning organization. And guess what, David? Ryan Ficken came from no prior relationship to Brandon Staley. Yeah. That was one of the Chargers' best, you know, coaches this season. Maybe their best coach this season was Ryan Ficken. And the Chargers went kind of out of their way to not get anyone that had really ever been in the Brandon Staley or Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan tree. 
Yeah, and I mean, and also consider the offense that the Tennessee Titans run. They run one of the best rushing offenses in the league, and they have year after year after year. So talking to somebody who at least has been in that organization with those very successful rushing offenses is also not a bad thing to gather that information, how they construct their rushing offense. Yeah, added intel for sure. I mean, we know the Chargers just in general, right? Maybe they want a more run-heavy type of a coach to man that position. I mean, I think you want to center it around your quarterback and have someone that's also, you know, very nuanced and and being able to set up runs and being able to design a running game. Maybe just hire a run game coordinator to help out with that. With whoever you hire as your offensive coordinator, you can still add, you know, a quarterback's coach, right, that comes from maybe the same system and can more easily integrate it. You can hire just a run game coordinator in general. You don't even have to give them another title. Someone who knows more of whatever system you're going to be trying to run. I mean, there's one thing that's for sure. The Chargers were very adamant, whether it was Brandon Staley or Tom Telesco at their end of the year's press conference. The main thing was being able to run the football better. They, at least in the building, think that the reason their Chargers offense wasn't good last season, the main part at the very least, was injuries for one and not having the continuity and the chemistry to, you know, get in rhythm or whatever. But that doesn't explain why when the players came back and you got healthy at the end of the year, why you were still kind of underachieving in a lot of moments, right? They think it was the running game, and that's been echoed in everything that they've said, just not running the football well enough, not being a line of scrimmage team or good enough at the line of scrimmage, and the marriage between the run and the pass. That was the you know, the golden quote from those guys. Well, and look at, what the, look at the teams that are left in the playoffs too, Daniel. San Francisco 49ers running the ball extremely well, have, so, have, have done so all year. The Eagles running the ball extremely well all season long. The Bengals yeah. have the ability to run the ball. I was going to say, they were very bad. <laughs> they were very bad in the regular season. Right, but in the playoffs, the they were able to run the ball effectively. Yeah. So running running the football, I mean, these teams that can run, run it effectively are usually there at the end. It is such a huge part of it, especially, you know, when you have a 27-point lead, you want to be able to run the football. And I had put a tweet out over the weekend before the Cowboys and 49ers game. Basically, it was that the other three winners of the divisional weekend had averaged 194 rushing yards a game. And the, and that's the Chiefs and the Bengals, two teams not known for rushing the football a lot, right? But they can when they need to, and they have. But the other thing was also just the Chargers ran for 67 when they had a 27-point lead. If you're not going to be able to rack up the yards and kind of lean on people then, it's hard to imagine that you're going to be able to do it at all. So, I mean... It's going to take more than coaching to get that unit right, right? Whether that's adding another running back, even though you've drafted a running back in three straight seasons, or whether that's, you know, new coaches, whether that's new offensive linemen, it's hard to say where it's going to come from. Getting your best run blocker and Rashawn Slater back will obviously be huge in that, you know, factor into that as well. But either way, you have to be able to run the football a lot better. You have to be able to at least give Justin Herbert some help when he needs it to not have to just carry the offense week in in week out and, and have your, you know, aging wide receivers have to carry the offense week in and week out. So just doesn't play to your strengths. You want to be able to, if you want to do the misdirection, if you want to keep teams off balance, the best way to do it is being able to run the football and have your passing plays look a lot like your running plays and disguise things and confuse people. The Chargers weren't confusing anyone at all in 2022. So that's what's going to be very, very interesting in this offensive coordinator search. But hey, if you like someone, you can tell us that because we are getting into our Chargers mailbag tomorrow. So make sure you guys are back here for that and get your questions in. If you want to hit us up, you can do it at Locked On LAC on Twitter. We'll put a questions post out, or you can put it in the YouTube comments here. You can put it on our Instagram page at Locked On Chargers, or even hit us up on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. 
you want to just slide right into David Drogmeyer's DMs, you can do that on Twitter at DroTalkSD. You can hit me up at DanTalkSports. Thank you guys so much for checking out the show today. We really appreciate it, as always. And thank you guys for making us your first listen. And you can also find the show always by subscribing to the Locked on Chargers YouTube channel and also following the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from, where it's Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you can always hit us up. Or you can call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. If you give us a 30-second voicemail, you can get it on the Chargers Mailbag Show, and we would be always happy to get those voicemails on. But make sure you guys are back here tomorrow talking more about, you know, Chargers impending free agents, new offensive coordinators, and much more. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.